Hey, what is up, podcast listeners? What's up, you mukuleles, you mukakis, you league of extraordinary brentlemen, <laughs> you uh, uh, brentologists, whatever the fuck. <laughs> you, <laughs> whatever the fuck you want to be called. I'm back from the dead. I was sick for almost a week, pretty much a week, pretty much a full week, but now I'm back. And uh, this is the podcast where I get a chance to sit down and talk with interesting people, with friends that I have, with people that are doing shit right now. It's Wacky Wednesday. I am sitting next to uh, my friend, Jeremiah B. McQueen, actor, fighter, stuntman. Jeremiah, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here, dude. Um, we've known each other now for how long? A few oh, years, at few least. Years yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. We, uh, and uh, so it, it's interesting because you, you are f- basically from Vegas. You yes. were raised here. Um, 22 years. When did you get into the acting? When did you, into the acting? When did you get into <laughs> acting? <laughs> uh, when I got into the acting, um, mm-hmm. you know, originally I was like eight years old. I think everybody gets into it at that point. Um, really? Yeah. It was John Robert Powers. I was at that whole ordeal. It was like a big modeling slash acting agency out here yeah um so i was in that for about three to four years okay i mean i did high school theater a little bit and i didn't come back to acting until it's about 26 27 okay but you had the bite when you were younger oh yeah oh i had the itch from from the day i did like a i think it was actually the fifth grade there was a um assembly that we were doing for the parents yeah and i ended up emceeing so I had to MC, do all the dance and stuff, do the acting stuff, and it was like I just caught the fever that night, and it was like, yeah, I I need something at some point, <laughs> and here I am. You knew what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Why did you wait until twenty six, twenty seven? Life, man. You know, um, more than just life. It, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, predetermined nations that are put on, I guess, certain individuals. For myself, I was told that uh, theater wasn't very masculine, and I. Uh, was in a family that prided themselves on masculinity. So okay. I kind of ended up playing football and, you know, doing that whole side of things, doing the, the, the jock portion of things. And, um, yeah, so I ended up straying away from theater. And next thing you know, I was fighting. And eventually, thankfully, it came back. <laughs> and when you're when you're saying fighting, you mean MMA fighting, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and how did you get started in that whole field? MMA, I... Literally, uh, my, my cousin Spidey Turner actually was um, training at a Muay Thai gym out here, Master Toddy's Muay Thai. I hadn't Master Toddy's? Yeah, Master Toddy's. Master Toddy's. Master Toddy's Muay Thai. I hear he's a hot Toddy. Huh? He's an interesting individual. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's as much as I'll say about that. Okay. But uh, yeah, he was at Master Toddy's, and uh, I just, I had done nothing. I wasn't even a martial artist. I, I watched Bruce Lee movies. How old were you? I was 19. 19. Yeah, it was 19. Athletic, though. You played, I, yeah, you I, was played, played I just football. got done playing ball, so yeah, I was, I was pretty athletic. Um, I just Jocks call it ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that hurts my you soul. Y'all want to play some ball? <laughs> that hurts my soul. But wow. Yeah, but you just true. finished I just, uh, uh, playing the football. Playing some of the football, <laughs> as, of the as football. we nerds call it. But, um, um, and... I walked into the gym with him one day, and this lady was like, hey, you look like you can fight. Do you want to do a smoker fight? 
I had no idea what it was. What was, does you look like you can fight me? Thank you. That's right? what I'd like to know. That sounds like, racist to me. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and I mean, we had just walked in too, so I yeah. can't really think of anything else. There. That's like me walking into a Best Buy and somebody being like, you look like you know computers. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Do you want to, do you want to start a computer fight? Right? Would you like to start a computer fight with me? <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. I guess she said it looked like I I could fight. And so. said, "Do you want to do a what? A smoker fight? A smoker fight? Yeah." And at first, I didn't know what that was, so I was. So like, you hit a couple, you hit a bong a, fu- a few right? times, and then. Thank you, because that's what I originally said. I was like, I don't, I don't smoke, so I don't really know what to do. <laughs> I thought maybe you get high then you fight, and I was like, I don't smoke. And she was like, No, no, no. You you wear shin pads and. Headgear and bigger gloves. Yeah. And you get in there and you fight. That's what a smoker fight That's is. That's what a smoker fight is. She couldn't just call it sparring? Thank you. <laughs> That's just sparring. I thought. I, These I jocks have because, great words because, for stuff. <laughs> because you could put on an event for a smoker fight. So okay. Like, there's a whole thing. There's hundreds of people there that are watching you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, you had to weigh in and fight the same day. Okay. And um, I ended up fighting it well i was supposed to fight at 170 that night uh i didn't know anything about weight cutting so i was like 187 when i showed up thankfully my opponent also showed up at like 190 so we we fought and uh he was he was a, a seasoned mma guy and i had never done anything and i rocked him a couple times then i got my butt kicked so without <laughs> ever having any training they threw you into a fight they just threw me into a fight wow yeah. um and i just threw some haymakers Eventually got winded. I ended up hitting the hitting the deck, and I remember looking at my uh, my corner at that time, Brett Valentine, and he was like, "Get up, get up!" And I just looked up and went, "No, nah, man, I'm not getting up." <laughs> and I just and so I tried to uh, I tried to make it dramatic because that's just my life. Yeah. And like the ref gets to seven, and I start pawing at the ropes like I'm trying to get up, and I just can't. Right. I could have got up just fine. <laughs> that was the old theatrical. I'm so tired. Dude. What the fuck were they thinking? Did you tell them at any point oh, that yeah. you weren't a fighter? No, they knew. They, they knew. knew. But yeah, at that point, they were just trying to put butts in seats by, you know, putting extra fighters in the car. There was 23 oh, fights in the Oh, so fight. this was... They put you in a legit yeah, fight with an like audience. Yeah, a smoker fight with an audience, yeah. So there were spectators watching you get your ass beat. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my exactly. god. I learned early on that sometimes you're just going to get beat up. Okay, so... And I got beat up. That would have traumatized a lot of people. <laughs> uh, but you were like, no, this is right where I want to be. Yeah, the guy uh, came to the back and he was like, you really stung me. He's like, you got some power in your hands, man. And I was like, oh, okay. Never did anything with that power till like, later on. But, yeah. Because I was just a wrestler for a while. But, so then you started doing yeah, started Muay Thai? And... I started training at um, Zions MMA is, back, is what it was back then. Now they're like syndicate MMA and they're like doing very well. Back then they were like a small little sweatshop. I feel like I've seen the word Zions before. Yeah, it's uh, they have a energy drink, Zions energy drink. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this was the training facility for them. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Wood was still the coach, still the head coach. He is also still the head coach over at Syndicate as well now. Okay. But um, yeah, I ended up training over there with those guys for for quite some time before finding a home at Extreme Couture. Okay. Oh, and you fought for Extreme Couture. Yeah, I fought out of Extreme Couture for three and a half years. So when did you stop fighting? I don't like to call it that. Um, I took a break. My you took last a break. Break. Because you're fighting now. <laughs> yeah, I'm fighting now. Right. I'm fighting in March. So. Um, my last break, why did I take that? I got, I, I took a loss uh, to JJ Torres, and that was after 
coming out of a really, really bad situation. Um, yeah. And I took that fight on what was considered to be short notice. And I did really well up until a point where I was um, kicked violently in the testicles by accident. Yeah. By accident. Of course. But uh, I was kicked very violently in the testicles. I ended up um, just throwing haymakers back, just trying to do something to, End it to get some revenge or, or just get out of there. Like, I mean, yeah. one or the other. Thankfully, I got out of there in like 15, 20 seconds after that. Bad things down there, but that's all right. Um, what is it like going into a ring with a bunch of people around, like watching and cheering? Because you're hearing all kinds of things. Man. Yeah. It's so beautiful, and you wouldn't think it was because it's so chaotic. Yeah. But regardless, whether you're being booed, whether you're being cheered, like, this is your moment. Like, everyone's looking at you and this other person, and it's your time to shine. It's super interesting to me that people in modern day are like, you know what I'd like to do? Go <laughs> get punched in the, in the face multiple times, but then also I get to punch other people in the face. Like, what do you think motivates that? Is it just some innate... I think, it motiv- I think it's a different motivation for everybody. Gotcha. Um, I think I know guys that are brutes that just want to get in there and punch somebody else in the face. Yeah. I do know those guys, but I also know guys like myself that are tacticians, and we just want to kind of like test our metal physically. It's like it's like human chess in a sense, you know. And, and those are the guys that you see that really move up in the sport, that stay on top of the sport. Guys like an Anderson Silva, guys like a Conor McGregor. You know, I mean, Conor Conor's got his moments, obviously, <clears throat> right? But you know, a I lot think of he that's talks bravado. big game. A yeah. lot of that is just selling. You know, you got to sell the show. That's how you make that amount of money. You have to sell it. If nobody wants to watch it, you know, people love to hate. Yeah, exactly. Then there's got to be a bad guy, and it's a lot easier to make yourself a bad guy. Yeah. Than to force somebody else to be the bad guy. Oh, it makes a hundred percent sense. So, if I was doing fighting or yeah. wrestling. I, my first instinct would be like, I gotta take on a persona yeah. where I'm just talking mad shit. That's what Chael Sonnen did, and it worked out well for him. Chael Sonnen, yeah. Years. He got he got chances yeah. that he a lot of people got. were like, yeah, you shouldn't. He was uh, four and five in the UFC, I believe it was. If my numbers are wrong, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm going off the top of my head. Here. I have a lot of UFC fans <laughs> on my podcast. A lot of UFC he was, he was four and five at a time, and he was fought, he had fought twice for the middleweight championship of the world. Yeah. Four and five, that's a losing Almost record. won once. Yeah. Almost won once. Was like 15 seconds yes. away from winning. He was, a, he was a triangle choke away. All he had to do really was not get tired in that last few seconds. That was... Incredibly ridiculous Man. to watch. I couldn't believe it. I watched the entire thing. My my jaws dropped, and I'm like, "Go chill," and then that happens. Yeah, because it's kind of cool to watch the guy who talks shit all the time win. Yes, there is also that factor. Yes, so it's like a double win because people are like secretly cheering for you. I don't know, yeah, like they want you to win. They want you to do well, but it, they want you to do it their way. Yeah, you know, don't. Don't talk this smack, but it's okay if you talk this smack. It's it's. I mean, I and I can get it from from an artist point of view too, because there is a lot of drama in UFC fighting. Yeah, absolutely. in just fighting of any kind. I mean, Rocky. Yeah. I mean, just bare, not barehanded, obviously, but like just a man with his fists. Yeah. Going out to to claim what's his like very primal. It's it is very and it's very it's very dramatic. It's it's I'm surprised there's not more like 
I was gonna say fighting movies, but there's like action movies, but not like. There's a couple good fight movies. Warrior, I thought was great. Is that the one with uh, with, uh, uh Tom Hardy and uh, Christian Bale? Was no, in that one? No, no, Christian Bale. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Um, the fi- oh, the fighter. The fighter. Yeah, oh, that one was great. I love that with him and um and uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yes. Yeah. No, I love that. And then uh, even the wrestler. The wrestler is awesome. Mickey Rourke is just. Can I just say, hands down. This guy just gets characters like that. Like, I'm sure it's because his life was probably like that, too. Oh, man. But, man, he just gets those underdog down under the, the, the rust and grittiness of things. Gotta you claw know? your way back yeah, out got and the world's back. fucked you up. Exactly. Right? And nobody believes But you can't you. help being yourself. Exactly. At the end of the day, that, that movie was very tragic. Beautiful, though. It was very beautifully done. The wrestler yeah. was... Um, Dude, yeah, I, it's not the type of movie that I typically would say, oh, I want to go watch that. Right. But it ended up being fucking phenomenal. It's the type of movie that you can only watch once. Yeah. Maybe twice if you're really in a mood. It's but heartbreaking, man. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful film, but I, I can't see myself ever watching it again. Same. <laughs> Same, but I remember scenes from it very vividly. Yeah. What yeah, is it? Was it him and Marissa Tomei? Yes. Fucking, she's so good. God, she's looking hot in that Spider-Man movie, right? She's looking nice and milky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know her personally? <laughs> Is that why you're saying that? Yeah, no, she's, um, I'm sure, she, yeah, she looks great in that film. Okay. Uh, let me shift gears here to to more of the acting stuff. So, okay. you started here, you, at 26, you said, you got back into? Yeah, I got back into it around about 26. I, you know, 27 is when I did my uh, my first uh, thing. It was uh, City Phantoms, the warehouse. Okay. And what were you, what else were you doing in town to, like, like, what, what did you do? Did you do the classes thing and the... Um, or were you more of like the do, like, I'm just going to go do shit. I was more of the, I, I was very fortunate to, to have master class come around when it did. And, yeah. you know, so I was doing the master classes online and, and doing the PDFs of that, reading a lot of different, um, material and books. I, I, I just, I don't have an issue with acting teachers. I just personally think that I can get a wealth of knowledge from reading it myself as well. So while I will go to an acting coach or an act, or an acting teacher, I do like to, Read the books myself. How how an actor prepares, you know. Uh, Stanislavski. Uh, yeah, cannot. Stanislavski. No, I got Stanislavski's. He's got a. He, uh, I mean, as far as names yeah, go, that's one right, of the fucking tougher. It's ones. a buncher. That's a daily uh, double. <laughs> yeah, but you know things like that, or or watching um, nerd writers critiques on films and, and oh yeah, that it, it helps me to soak up character and stuff like that that way. And also when I first started, I was um, doing Marriage Can Be Murder every night. Seven nights a week down at the D Hotel and Casino. Yes. Uh, so there was that, and I felt like that helped me a lot because I was always I was the killer, and I got to go throughout the whole night being in the audience and working an audience, and it allowed me to see what works and what doesn't work when I'm speaking to actual people that don't really know what's going on themselves. Like how genuine am I seeming to them, to where they buy my story enough to at the end of the night they're like. I trusted you with stuff I didn't think I would trust you with because I had some weird conversations with people where they what would tell me things that were like, okay. And so for those of and, you who, who need a little context here, Marriage Can yes. Be Murder is a uh, is a dinner theater show. Yes. Uh, it's like a, what is it called? Um, it's like a mystery. Who it's an interactive it. mystery. Interactive yes. uh, murder. There's like a name for it. I can't think of it. But anyways, uh, and you played a guy that's in the audience yes. interacting with people. Uh, and you said that you found out what worked and what didn't work. What worked yes. and what didn't work? What worked 
was finding something that I always anchored truthfulness to. Yeah. If, if people eventually can dig beneath a lie, you know, if uh-huh. it's not planted correctly. So I had to put in things like when they asked where I was from. Okay, Memphis, Tennessee. That would be one that I would constantly go back to. Am I from there? No. Was I born there? Yes. Okay. So I can anchor myself to that, and then now I can anchor myself to Southern things because I've anchored myself to this. If I anchor myself to something like a place that I don't understand or have never been to, like, I don't know, Seattle. Yeah. I don't know anything about Seattle. If you ask me questions about Seattle, I, I'm not prepared to answer those. <laughs> right. Now, if you ask me questions about Tennessee, since this is a place that I, I can at least familiarize myself with to a point where it's, okay, I have an attachment to Memphis, Tennessee, because I was born here. So, I'm going to know little trivial things about it, because it's always come back to me at some point or another. You know, where people are like, oh, you're from Memphis, do you know about this, do you know about that? Okay, then I can take those things and I can reseed them. I can't do that with Seattle, because I can't find an anchor deep enough with Seattle because I can close my eyes and imagine myself being in Seattle. Does that make sense? Yes. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Okay, so when you say anchoring, Mm -hmm. you're talking about you need need a line and it doesn't matter how far that line is, but you need some type of line towards that truth. You have to root yourself. Really, it's not technically a truth. It's a lie, you know, that you're rooting yourself to. Right. But it's anchored by the truth. And, yeah, I'm sorry, that's, that's what that is. <laughs> Here's my question, then. Say you book a movie, and they yeah. say you're from Seattle. What do you do? If they say I'm from Seattle, I'm going to Seattle, first of all. That's, a, that's one thing that I've always been very big on, is if yeah. you haven't experienced a place, and you're supposed to be from that place, you can't portray that place, because you don't understand how they walk, how they talk. The culture is so different everywhere. You know, people speak differently. Their mannerisms are so different from one place to another. Just state to state, even from here to, like, L.A., things are 100% different. Right, because you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And you have to walk the streets to kind of get a feel of what walking those streets is like. Got to know, like, a a thing here, what, right now, um, there's a lot of traffic that's been happening, Mm -hmm. you know, on the freeways, because they're rebuilding freeways or whatnot. We can talk about that, because I know about that, you know, that's a Vegas thing. If you tell me they're rebuilding, what... Oh, there's so much traffic in Seattle. All I can say is, oh, have you been to Seattle? Because I haven't. So, is there a lot of traffic? Yeah, there's lots of traffic there. Talk to me about the traffic. I can't imagine that, you know? I can't imagine the weather. can't imagine how much it rains. Supposedly it rains. I think it's... Rains a ton. My dad's from Tacoma. Oh, see, I know nothing about Seattle. That's my anchor. (laughs) (laughs) That's my anchor. No, but... (laughs) But I, I, I totally get it because uh, when I, and, and this is like a rare opportunity for me because mm-hmm. I love, acting I think was my first fucking love okay. of all time. Like it, it just, in this in a similar fashion, it hits you. Yeah. It hits you and then you know like, oh, this is really something that I fucking love. Yes. And I, I, I get frantic with, uh, and, and sort of insane with things that I, I get really passionate about and I get very narrow- focused and and I try to learn everything mm-hmm. so I did a very similar thing I, I was reading the books I went through you know Stanislavski then yes. Strasberg Meisner Adler I, I went through the process and was like looking through everything yes. um, and it's not often I get to have actor type talks mm-hmm. you know what I mean like 
I don't hang out with enough actors. I'm realizing. I just That's don't. Probably a good thing. <laughs> That's probably a really good thing. But even when you do, even when you do hang out with an actor, it's rare that you like just fall into like, let's talk about the craft, right? Yeah, true. Which true. is sort of why I started this podcast is I I like just being able to get to the get to the real shit mm-hmm. with people and I feel like this is almost like an excuse to do it. Yeah, no, I think it's a beautiful excuse to do it, man. And uh you have to hit the real shit. You can't become a an artist. Yeah. Because you can become an actor. Act, acting is, you know, out there that's by partial to to celebrity and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Being an artist is something completely different. You can't become an artist without hitting the real stuff, you know? Yeah. And you gotta dig deeper than sometimes even you think you can. You know, like um when we were just doing this thing for, for, for Wolf. Yeah. Um in order to imagine the scenario that, you know, my character was placed in to to come home and see his, his his wife the way that she is on the ground yeah. after being shot in the head, I can't take that to a real place unless I see something that's really going to make me feel that way. So I went as far as downloading the photos of Nicole Brown Simpson's um, crime scene photos. Wow. And that's something that I meditated on for hours and hours and thinking to myself, if this person was here in this place and now I have to also visualize somebody that I care about being in that place looking exactly as this picture does yeah you have to go to that place you know it sounds it sounds <laughs> it sounds way over the top and extremely dramatic but it's not you can't you can't feel that until you've seen it you know and if you see it it's a lot easier to feel it and it's it's hard to get to that point and to get that deep with yourself because it does make you kind of feel like you're doing something inappropriate in a way yeah, you, know, you do feel like okay, this isn't something that I should be doing. But if you feel that way, if you're if you're starting to to hit that point of uncomfortability, then you felt the realness, and I think that's what makes the best artists out of us, anyways. Talk to me about your method, your your personal strategy. Your here's here's a great lead into it. Mm-hmm. So you talked about the master classes. Yes. Um, I'm trying to remember who at that time. I know Spacey was the first one to put it out. Yes. I know that Dustin Hoffman Dustin put Hoffman. one out. Thank you, Dustin Hoffman. Talk I know Sam Jackson one. put one out. Yes. But that was more recently. That was. Have you seen those? or um, have you seen Dustin like, which, Hoffman which... has done five times. Oh, okay. That's my favorite. So you connected more to Hoffman Absolutely. than to, to Spacey. And, I know, well, and that's weird to say because I feel like I connected more to Spacey's. Yeah. But Hoffman gave me more of what I needed as an actor. Hoffman... From what I've seen, because I've, I've watched a little bit, I feel like Spacey goes really deep. Yeah. But Hoffman goes wide and deep. Exactly. Because you can't... And uh, you know what I mean when I say that. For those of you who are listening who don't know what I mean, I mean as a teacher, I think that there there's a, there's a very important thing about being able to take one person and go extremely deep with what they're doing and their process in this moment. But if you don't give them any context of how to recreate that mm-hmm. later on, then you, you're you're really doing a disservice because then you, they, they have no way to recreate this on their own. Um, but Hoffman, it felt like he could go deep, yes. but he would also give a nugget of, this is why I'm doing this, and this is how you recreate that. Yes. Is that more or less Absolutely. why? Absolutely, and, and he was more technical. Yeah, and, and that's needed, and I think that's something that you don't get from a coach very often in any scenario nowadays. He was very technical. He told you 
why this needed to be done on camera, how it needed to be done on camera. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was kind of like, um, uh, what was it? Um, acting for film. Michael Caine. Michael Caine, yes. Fucking phenomenal is. book. It is incredible. Technically one of the greatest things. I think that you get the same thing from working as a PA or working beyond, yeah. behind the camera. Working, I, I think that that's, that's almost, you can recreate that and it's almost better to just go out and work behind the camera. I, it, it honestly is because you get to learn lenses, you get to learn things like that, and it's yep. good to know. You know, I can I can talk to my director and I can say, or I can even just talk to my DP. Hey, what lens are we on? Oh, we're on eighty five. Okay, I know. Yeah, where am I at? How I much have. am I? How like where yeah. am I? And a lot of actors don't utilize that. Yeah, you know, a lot of actors are just ready to stay on this side of the lens and just act. And it's like, man. We we're we're storytellers. We're not just actors, you know? right? So and it's a team. Be able to circle circle around everybody. It's a vicious circle, if you will. It's a team sport. Yeah, it's no, a team thank sport. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I, it's glad to hear somebody else say it. I always feel like a jock when I say it. So no, nobody. <laughs> fa- and I'm not a jock, and I but I know it. I get it. And it's like, if you knew how much goes into if and and I see it all the time because there are actors that have worked behind the camera, and there are actors that haven't worked behind the camera. And it's always very, very obvious yeah. which one is which because the people who took that time and was like, I'm going to go get coffees and learn what this is like on the other mm-hmm. side, it's like fucking invaluable to know that. Absolutely. Like, oh, this is what this is like. Yeah. So I now know what the process is, mm-hmm. what I should and shouldn't do. Like, And you make it easier on other people when you do act because then... They don't have to tell you obvious shit. Exactly. And and unless you've been on the other side of the camera, in my opinion, you're not a filmmaker yet. You're an actor, but you're not a filmmaker. And you're mm-hmm. not a part of the filmmaking process. You're just a part of the acting That's portion. really interesting. Do you consider yourself a filmmaker as... as I believe I'm getting there now. I do, you know, as far as... <clears throat> I've, I've always done writing portions of stuff and the, the creative portions of things. But yeah. now, you know, I'm wanting to, to learn more and more about what's happening behind the lens you know what are we telling the story with the lighting as well you know is it you know is it a story where it's being told you know from from a guy's dark side and we, the lights are a little bit darker on this side of his face than they are on this side of his face and you know this is him fighting against the light blah 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 yeah you know it's it's storytelling at that point so i think once you become a storyteller you, you do become a filmmaker and i think uh, I think I'm I'm right on the cusp of understanding what that means, and knowing how far I need to go in order to feel like I've established myself as a filmmaker and not just an actor. Okay, that's really cool. Going circling back, Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman. What's yes. the big takeaway? What's the biggest thing that you, the biggest light bulb change moment that you were like, oh aha, stay in the moment. Yeah, stay in the moment. Um, the moment is all we have. It's our moment. It's the time that we have in front of the camera to express whatever we need to express and what we want to express, you know, and understand that everything does need to come from a deep place, but that deep place is is you and it's settled, you know. It's not, if I need to portray anger, I'm not going to give you anger and act out in anger. I'm just going to be angry. Right. You know, it, it's just a natural phenomenon at that point, as it should be. And I think that's the biggest thing I took was stop showing them that you're acting. Yeah. And just be. Right. Because when you're showing it, then it's selfish. Yeah, absolutely. It's an ego thing because it's like, I want to show you. 
like, and I, I feel that way with, like, you know, you know, and this is going to sound shitty, but this is truly what I believe. I think that there are a lot of actresses, probably a lot of actors, too, that feel like uh, if they can, if they have a technical way of making themselves cry, and I love that you knew where I was going with that, <laughs> that if they can make themselves cry, that that's the acting part. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just fucking not. It's not. You shouldn't have to make yourself cry. What's more powerful than somebody producing a tear, to me, is watching somebody who's in tune with what the fuck is going on in this moment. I want to see you hurt. Yeah. Uh, um, Jake Gyllenhaal, Nocturnal Animals. Yeah. He delivers that scene when he's talking to, um, to, um, I'm sorry, to Aaron Taylor Johnson's character. And, you know, he's confronting him about killing his wife and his daughter. And just the emotion that he conveys in that scene is just, I'm getting chills thinking, just recreating it in my head right now. I'm getting chills. It's a, it's a wonderful scene. And, you know, to, to see him go to that place. Right. You know. And that's a place that he lives in. Yeah. Like Jake Gyllenhaal, that's why Jake Gyllenhaal works so much. Yeah. He's fu- He's just, it's it's about vulnerability ultimately. Mm-hmm. It's about vulnerability and having the bravery to let people see you um, be imperfect. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that's what's at the heart of acting. Yeah. I think that's at also what's at the heart of a lot of comedy. Yeah. It, <clears throat> it's walking around naked outside in the big city. And letting everybody see every last portion of you. Your bits. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to. <laughs> My comedy bits. Uh, see your comedy bits, but you know it, yeah. it is. It's it's letting them see every freckle, every every flaw. Yeah, the flaws are more important than the flaw. Because that's the part that makes heroes and all that so interesting. Yeah. It's not when they're the hero; it's when they fuck up. Exactly. That's the big one. Um, okay. Take me through the process. I lay you down a script, and I say, you are going to play this character. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are from this place. Um, this is the whole backstory, right? What do you do? First, I'm going to put the script down. Okay. I'm going to take two shots of tequila. Okay. I'm going to play a little bit of Madden. All right. I'm going to come to the script the next day, because now I know it's time to work. Okay. So I would like to have one last day. Enjoying some, enjoying being just Jeremiah McQueen. Yeah. Because once I go on this journey, it's yeah. not just me anymore. You know, it, it's me and whoever this character is, and me finding out who they are and learning them and their relationships. So in order to do that, I, I can't just be Jeremiah anymore. I have to let that go. Okay. I have to now learn about this person. So, the next day I pick up the script. Yeah. And I'll read it through three times. Once. Just as a read through, not even caring who my character is, I want to know the script. Right, I want to know the story. You want to know what the you know? fuck's going on. Exactly, because to be honest, you know, it's so much more than just your character. And I think again, that's where some actors get kind of pushed out. Is they'll I, I know a lot of people that will read a script, so so, and just find their character and be like, okay, that's, that's that line. That's doing great skim, disservice. Skim, yeah, that line. All right, I get it. I get the story. No, you don't read the whole story without any any bias to any characters whatsoever you're just reading it you're sitting down right you're going through it the second time you read it then you pick out where your character is and that's where i would pick out my character and it takes me a while to get through that script the second time because now i'm learning i want to know why this person would say this you know and obviously that 
brings out the other pieces of the script to show me why we got to this point, how we got to this point. And those are the little gems and the tools that you can use that are the easiest to go back to is, okay, what got us here? All right, but why would I say this? Why would this character say this? Well, let's dig into their past now. Right. And I dissect whatever that sentence may be. So you're looking for whys. Yes, absolutely. You constantly. Constantly. It's, it's the, yeah. That That's the big question that any two-year-old asks you. Why? Mm-hmm. At all times, everything is why. I love that. I'm taking that. I'm back. stealing that. That's wonderful. That's absolutely fucking wonderful. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, no, there, there's... It's always a constant why. Have you ever sat down with a two-year-old and had them ask you why? Yes. And then you, you did you did the thing where you, you explained it. Yeah, but why? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you explained that. But why? Okay, now you've explained that. But why? But why? Why did they do that? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't know. Once you've reached that I don't know, you got to keep researching. You got to dig. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to dig further. dig deep. And it's the same thing on the page. Why would he say this? You know, what, what What did this mean to him when he said it? Why? Okay, but, okay, he said it because he, he wants to, to, to hurt the other person. Go ahead. Have you ever heard of Seven Layers Deep? Seven Layers Deep, no. This is this is something in, like, the motivational speaker side. Mm-hmm. This is something in the rooted in, in what I would call corporate training style type stuff. I'm, I'm taking, sorry, I, I, I'm always looking for the spider web of how shit interconnects, right? Yes. And here's the most interesting thing is that Seven Layers Deep, I first heard about it from Tony Robbins and it was uh, how to get to the why of what you're doing, right? So it's like, okay, well, what are you doing? What do you want, right? Yes. And it could be, I want to be an actor. And then the next question is, uh, why? Yeah. Basically, and you go seven layers deep. Mm, I love it. You basically, and then once you answer why, the you answer the why of that, then you ask why. It's literally just you sit down with another person, and then the other person asks Ooh, you why. I like that. And you keep getting deeper and deeper until you're until it boils down to oh, right. This was the pure thing yeah. of where this started because yeah. we forget it. You you lose your veil, you know, and, and you understand what that root source was of. Why you ever did this in the first place. And that's really at the heart of what you're saying, too. Yes, absolutely. That's how you find the heart of the character. I think that's how you find the heart of anybody. <clears throat> I think you're finding... I think, for me, I, I feel like we're also finding the heart of the writer, mm-hmm. which... Oh, yeah. Argumentably... Argument... Argumentably? <laughs> argumentatively. 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 Which, arguably. Arguably. <laughs> that's the word. <laughs> we're fucking artists. Which... <laughs> we tried, okay? <laughs> I'm not cutting that up. Uh... <laughs> Which arguably is uh, the exact same, like the writer and getting to the why of the writer is getting to the why of the story. Yes. Getting to the heart of what the fuck Absolutely. the story is. Absolutely. Because I, I and that's, that's something I always try to find as well, is what's the writer thinking? Yeah. Because ultimately, to be honest, that's who I want to appease. Because for me, right. if you took the time to write this story... And I've come on board to help tell this story. I want to tell your story as best I can. Right. You know, so I need to know what it is that's deeply rooted in this. That's where the team player aspect comes in. Absolutely. And that's the thing. I always liken it to a baton pass in a, like a right. marathon. We're, we're passing the baton yeah. on to each other. All right, I like that. So the writer passes it on to the director, director passes it on to casting, whatever the fuck, you know. No, I like that. I'm getting deeper into the metaphor. Mine is normally football, obviously. Right. (laughs) Right, of course. Um, (laughs) 
or fighting doubles, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen a good Man. UFC fighting doubles match. Yeah. Why, why don't they do more of that? I want to see I that shit. I tell you, man. That was actually a lot of fun to watch. They did one in Utah. Did they? Oh, it was great. I mean, I would have never done it, but it was great to watch, man. Have you seen that video of, like, in Russia or some shit? There's just, like, 16 on 16 oh, yeah, fight dude. match? Yeah, it's like a Royal Rumble in there. It's, it's it is insane. the fucking best yeah, thing. Man, they're they're like, going at it. I'm getting joy just thinking about it. Like, I can't even imagine it. It's fucking... Oh my god! It's and then brutal. one team got like brutal because the second that like one of your guys mm-hmm. goes down, and it's two it's on it. one, two and then, on oh one, my and god, it's three on one. So bad. every part of that sixteen person team needs to be very yes. strong. That's kind of what filmmaking is like too. Oh it's yeah. Like, as soon as one person goes down, there goes the whole shit for yeah, the, the day. Yeah, the whole thing. That's why it's so tough to make a really, really good fucking film. It is. It is cause, and and things can go wrong in places that you just would not expect. Right. Like pyro stuff. <laughs> right dude um well very cool so okay so you take the you take the script you read it through three times yes. you ask you start asking why why am i saying this what is this motivated by what where is my character yes. coming from and then you can start to kind of derive what yes. the fuck a little bit yeah. it helps me derive the inner stuff but i need to know the outer as well so like okay. a, a perfect example if i'm playing a cop i'm gonna go speak with with law enforcement you yeah. know i, I want to know I want to at least have a, a couple hours with you to know what it is that you guys are really coming home from, you know, what it is that you're really going out to, because, uh, you know, in a sense, you can understand why some cops get cold. Yeah. You know, you got to worry about coming home every night and hopefully coming home to a family. And if not, you know, you're out on the streets wondering if somebody's going to shoot you, if someone's going to stab you, you know. Um, so I can understand how you could become cold and desensitized to, to the universe over something like that Yeah. by speaking to these people and, and hearing their stories. And I've talked to some to some terrible cops, if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't think they're terrible. You know, for them, this is just how it goes and it's just how it's become. So then here's the question then. Here's the golden question. You get booked on Black Mirror and you're playing a space captain. What do you do? Oh, man. Star Trek, first of all. I'm gonna call. <laughs> I'm gonna call a space captain. And I'm gonna ask, what's it like meeting Easy. aliens? No, what's no. It like banging... I, I think what I would do, if I'm being honest, I think what I would do is I mm-hmm. would go speak with obviously, probably three different people. I would speak with a pilot first. Okay. Um, probably a pilot of, of like a, a 757. That's still a thing. Boeing. Yeah. Boeing 757 still a thing. I think right? so. But, you They're know, making I, them in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know, <laughs> but <laughs> no, so um, I, I would speak with a pilot first and, you know, kind of understand their daily life and what they have to go through in order to keep their entire crew and an entire plane of people safe. Yeah. Um, probably I'm not going to speak to an astronaut. Uh, right. Only because... They're not going to... Yeah, they're they're not going to give me what I want. <laughs> right. Um, I would probably speak to somebody who is a little bit higher up in the military, um, somebody who has a chain of command... Again, you'd be looking for an anchor to the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I would I would look at those people, and then I would go and uh, research Star Trek. Still, that's that's necessary for me. I okay. Are you are you did you ever do the studying of Strasberg or Adler or Meisner? Do like one of one of them, or were you more? Because now it's I feel like it's hard to find people like teachers or schools yeah. of thought that are are very singularly yeah. one thing. 
I think everything's very mixed now. It is um, all very mixed. Which is why, again, with me with acting teachers, I, I try just to not avoid, but I certainly don't stick with one very long so that I can make sure that I'm, I'm picking up something new every time I go. If you had to define the way that you approach your work, what would it be? Empathy and realism. Hmm. I empathize with the character. I understand how they feel. I can never be that person, but I, I understand how they feel by the time I'm done with the script. And realness as far as, again, not just, the best way to describe it is just not acting. It, it's just being. It's it's a sense of, this is what I would do if I was put into the situation, you know? I, it's not what would Roberto do if he was put into the situation, which would be the character that I'm playing. Why I'm playing a Roberto, I don't know. But you could be Cuban. I could be Cuban. Yeah. So I could be playing a Roberto. But you know, it's it's not really Roberto doing it. It's me in this situation doing it. So then I don't have to become another person or become somebody else or become Roberto. It's literally just me with another name. That's it. You know, it's what would I do if I don't know? I was bestowed the powers of the Black Panther. You know. Yeah. I'm not T'Challa getting those powers. I'm Jeremiah McQueen empathizing with the idea of having those powers and then finding a way to bring a realness to that because it's simply just me walking about. How has the work that you do as an artist changed your outlook on life and the way that you interact with people, that type of idea? I was a wreck. Yeah, were you? Yeah. Oh, man. I was a wreck before... I really figured out the things that I'm figuring out now as an actor. Yeah. Um, on edge all the time, very in your face, um, very insecure, um, which, I mean, I, of course, we still all have insecurities, so I'm not going to say I'm free of that. But <laughs> An um, artist with insecurities? <laughs> Whoa! No way! <laughs> but, <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to say I'm free of that, but, you know, it's gotten a lot better, and, and I've learned to calmly speak to people. I've learned to not have to be up here all the time in a room, you know? Wow, okay. Um, I, again, I've, I've gotten better with eye contact because I used to talk, I would talk to you like this. Yeah, no. Looking dude, down, looking at the Same, same eyes, shit, right? dude, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it brings you, because it, it's a sense of, of of creating an actual moment. Yeah. You know? And I think when you're insecure, you're afraid of that. So you're like, oh, I don't want to create this connection. But once you're used to it and you know that you deserve to make the connection, you know, we can sit here and look each other in the eyes all day in a, in a non-romanticized way. No right. Offense, but... No, I have ADHD. Like, my, my <laughs> eyes constantly shift, and I I hate it because I fucking notice that when I when I, my eyes shift, like, I literally, I can't, I can look people in the eye now, mm-hmm. right? But then there's a moment where I, like, look past somebody or, like, I, I need a second. Right. <laughs> Just mentally, it's a mental block in my brain where I need a second and I'll look... I'll look like past somebody or I'll look and fucking like 50% of people that I talk to will literally do one of these. They'll be like, I'll, I'll do it. And they'll be like, they'll like yeah. turn around. Dude, I do that. All look, <laughs> look to see what I'm looking at. Cause they think that I'm looking at something. And I'm like, fuck, I did it again. You, I'll tell you, it's not just you. I've yeah. run into a lot of people in my life to do it. And I'll be like, right. What is there something coming? <laughs> It's it's such a weird. And I've got anxiety, so yeah. you can't do that to me. I'm <laughs> like it's that's that's mental disorder clashing. Yeah. My ADHD is just like I'm. I've been looking too lot. Like 
it's it's involuntary where yeah. I will I will literally have to just look somewhere else for a second and it's it's so uh it's so fucking weird to know that and to, but then it's another thing to like see it. So what yeah. you would say what it sounds like you're saying is that it taught you empathy but it also taught you empathy for yourself. Yeah, absolutely because there's a lot of things about myself I never understood. Yeah. You know, and, and having to break down other characters forces you to break down yourself. Yourself. Yeah, it does. It, it forces you to break down yourself and it forces you to, to come face to face with demons that you've been running from or that you didn't even know you were running from. Things you didn't even know existed inside of yeah. you. Yeah. And you're like, man, that's I'm in a dark place from that, you know? Yeah. And it's crazy because I think, the and I always say this, the thing that I think draws people to acting is that they feel like they can, they, they, I feel like a lot of people get into acting because they're running away from themselves yes. and they want to be someone else and they see acting as, oh, I can be someone else. But then the part that a lot of people quit at or they don't get to and it disservices them and it's just it's just kind of surface level acting yeah. is when they don't take the time to see that before you can really understand a character, you have to really fucking understand yourself. Absolutely. I think the first character you start playing and you have to play when you're getting into it is is like yourself Dude. through the lens and then you can start Dude. adding on these layers. You're 100% right. Of all this other shit, but then but but it starts with having a very firm understanding and then realizing beyond that that each character what you bring to it it's not your it's the choices that you make, sure, but those choices are generated by wh who you are. Mm -hmm. So, in essence, the greatest and strongest thing that we have as actors isn't me being able to play somewhere else. It's me bringing myself to yeah. this other person. And I'll tell you what, um, I was at a... It's interesting, I was at an after party. Yeah. Um, we, it was a rap party for Ryan Hansen Solves Crimes on television, too. Mouthful. Anyways, but... Uh, Can you please repeat that? I, didn't, I don't know that I got a single part of that. Ryan, Ryan Heston? Ryan Hansen Solves mm. Crimes on Television, Season okay. 2. Oh, cool. So on YouTube Red. Um, season 1's on YouTube Red. Season 2 will be coming out, but I was there. Are you in that? Yeah, man. Oh, kick ass. Um, Go check that you. out, everybody, if you have yeah. YouTube Red. It's check out season. I'm not in season one. I'm in season two. Only watch season two. Only watch season Fuck two. Season one. Yeah, Ryan. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, Ryan Hansen. <laughs> Take Ryan's a seat. A great guy. Take a seat. Dude, he's a great I guy. That's not Ryan Hansen. I love. He's so funny. It's Chris Hansen. I'm too. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you take a seat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ryan Hansen was from um, 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 Central Intelligence. He was like mm -hmm. one of the douchey, one of the douchey like guys um, that used to pick on. The Rock's character when he was a kid, so he sees him when he's an adult. Oh, that's great. The people loved him so much. The producers loved him so much, they gave this man his own show. That's nuts. Yeah, and, and before that, I think he was on, like, Veronica Mars. Wow. Yeah. I want a show called Hanson and Hanson, where it's Ryan Hanson and Chris Hanson. Yeah. And they're just solving crimes. That would be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, I'm at the after party for, for Ryan Hanson Solves Crimes on television season two. Right. Um, And I get mistaken for... <laughs> one of the main uh or the the, the main co-star of the show oh okay uh, and it's funny because i'm sure it was not at all motivated by race it... <laughs> <laughs> no i get it It was get funny it. because um because he's a chinese guy because no she was she was a very nice lady <laughs> no no um, I, but i get it i yeah. get it oh no she was a very it, nice it just lady. Ha it happens and exactly. it's not it's not anything malicious so i started explaining it to her yeah and i'm like yeah i'm not who you think i am and she's like wait you're not i was like no she's like oh my god 
I remember who you are now. I just want to give you a piece of advice. And it's like, okay, what's the advice? Yeah. She said, they want you. They want you. Not you to be somebody else. Not you to portray somebody else. Not you to take from other actors. They want you. And until you realize that they want you. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Are you aware of the irony of her saying that when she mistook that you for someone else? I know, right? That's a a great comedy bit. I was like, I gotta go. Who was this woman? I don't know. An angel. (laughs) I turned around and she was gone. And a window was open. (laughs) No, she was awesome though. Um, Just because of that moment. Yeah. Also, also... You know, if you take it deeper, it was not a good moment, but no, I from mean, what I, I mean, took from yeah, it, it was, was just a misunderstanding. And I was like, wow, she's right. And since then, I've realized in all my acting, I'm just going to be myself. And by myself, that's only defined by my past. And if I switch my past out with this person's past, I'm still myself. I think it was, oh God, I'm going to forget his name. I've forgotten it. It's Peter something. Um... Uh, and I'm ashamed because he's a great character actor, but he said on a podcast that uh, I think a really good actor um, does does uh, can do can do a lot, but the best actors do almost nothing. Yeah, it's absolutely true. I believe that too. I think it's the people who can just live, yeah. but that it always do you. Do you consider yourself a character actor? No. No. No, not at all. I consider myself an artist. Do you want to do character acting? Is that something that you'd, where you get, well, when I say character actor, here's where, how I distinguish mm-hmm. it, right? I think of like a John C. Riley. Okay. That's like a character actor right. to me. As opposed to like a Tom Cruise who right. plays very much so himself. Mm-hmm. And there are those two trains of thought where there are some people that are that want to meld into a role, whether it's the crazy man on King Kong mm-hmm. Island or Sasquatch. And then there's guys who are like, I'm going to be me. I'm going to give you the rawest truth of who I am, mm-hmm. filtered through whatever character I'm playing, but it's going to be me. I'm right on the cusp of both. Yeah, I like the story. I got into this thing because the stories are beautiful and they're amazing and watching them all come together is what's important to me. So if I have to be a character actor, which I've, which I've done, yeah. uh, Captain Spaceman, uh, that was Captain definite. Spaceman. Where yeah. can people check that, that out? Was, that's on YouTube. It's on YouTube.com uh, slash slash Captain, Captain Spaceman. Spaceman. <laughs> if you just look up Captain Spaceman, I'm not you'll a find dropper, it. Guys, I'm sorry, I'm not a dropper. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got to get better at at, at being a, a a dropper. That's what I, I'm supposed to do, gang signs, when I say drop it, right? Drop it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works better when you do it. Oh, t- I've never looked cool doing gang signs, for sure. Never like, yo, what up, everybody? <laughs> oh Sounds like the only it. thing I can say after this is, this is MTV Cribs. <laughs> like, that's, that's like the only context where I can see that being okay for me to say that. That's wonderful. <laughs> Now I just need to get on TV <laughs> cribs. Wonderful, but I'm gonna. I know Captain Spaceman is on. Yeah, on no, YouTube. no pressure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you search Jeremiah B. McQueen, Captain Spaceman, you'll fucking find it. Yeah, it'll come up sooner or later. Uh, <laughs> go to go to page five <coughs> on the search. Hopefully, button. sooner than later. But um, so that's that's 
I mean, dude, and this is, again, this is so cool, and thank you for being on here, because yeah. I really appreciate it, and I really love the fucking, the actor talking, it okay. just, it's, and it's tough to find people that go beyond that surface. Right. Because I think a lot of people do theater, mm-hmm. or do, you know what I mean, like, community theater, or what it is, or like, high school theater, yeah. And, yeah. What it is, honestly, is people are trying too hard to make it. Wow. They're trying too hard to make it. They're so focused on how to get that next role in a SAG film, how to get that next role in in a non-union film, how to, okay, I need to, okay, how am I going to get known? Oh, my Instagram needs to be up. Oh, this needs to be up. They're so focused on anything but the root of what this all means to them. It's the craft. They're losing it. Yeah. Yeah. They're losing exactly what this means to them. They're, that's giving in to the fame monster, if you will. They're losing the why. Yeah, there, there's no why at that point. It's just, how do I make it to the next gig? Yeah. What about in between? So, <laughs> Steve Martin said this, and it's always stuck with me. He said two wonderful things, and I think you'll vibe with both of them. Now that I thought of the other one, I'll say it. Be unden- You have to be undeniable. Yeah. You have to be so fucking good that it doesn't matter what it is, and I took that with me in comedy, because... If a room full of fuckers are laughing, yeah. no one can fucking be like, it's the, that's the best moment of comedy, mm-hmm. is when it doesn't matter what the fuck I look like, or who I am, or what, where I've come from, I just made this entire room of people fucking laugh, yes. and people are like, respect. Yes. The same thing with you, when you audition and people are like, fuck, that guy gets it. It's undeniable. And two... The main one uh, was he said, so many people are asking, how do I get an agent? How do I uh, take the next step? And not enough people are asking, how do I get really fucking good? Yeah, absolutely. People are rushing to get agents and managers. I rushed to get an agent and a manager. And the first pair didn't work out. Well, you needed it. Yeah, I needed it. But at the same time, I wish I would have even taken a little bit more time myself to get prepared. To be honest. What would you have done differently? Because here's... And here's the thing that I, I, I've been meaning to get to, but I, we, we got into the actor <laughs> talk about it. I was, like, so enthralled by it. Um, you took yourself three years ago, right? Yeah. It was three years two ago? Two years ago. Two years ago. Wow. Yeah. It, felt, it felt like longer. Yeah. Uh, you you uprooted yourself from Vegas. Yeah. You moved out to L.A. Yeah. What did you do to get ready for that? Man, I uh, was homeless for three and a half months. Right. Prior, I, I, you were you I were shacking up, before. shacking up. Yeah, you were living. Yeah. Oh, before, before that. Yeah, before that. I, oh. I was sleeping on roofs. Oh wow. I was sleeping wherever I could. I was sleeping on roofs at uh, UNLV. I slept on the roof up there like six or seven times. Slept on the concrete floor out there a couple of times in the cold because this was around this time actually. Yeah. It was right around this time, maybe maybe about uh, the beginning of November of two years ago. And I was working, so you know I was I was doing marriage can be murder. I was stacking up the money. I knew how much it cost for me to go to L.A. and what I would have to do once I got there. I needed to save up the how the, much? The, what was the number? Um, it was sixty two hundred. Wow, sixty two hundred. Only because I wanted to make sure that the moment that I got SAG eligible, yeah, I could put down that big large sum that you have to pay for the initiation fee right because that's no small fee <laughs> it's not it's not at all uh so knowing i had to put that down and then knowing um i would want to cover rent for at least six months you know that way holy you're shit. not gonna work no 6200 sounded yeah. so sounds low to me yeah you think 
6200 sounds oh, really low I was for fortunate LA. though I had roommates yeah oh, and okay, I was okay. in San Pedro at first too oh so okay. I was like way down I don't I barely even it's know it's more that. expensive in San Pedro but I had two roommates that were wonderful yeah and you know we split it okay cool but um yeah so 6200 was the number and I started with a like eleven dollars, <laughs> so wow. Okay. Yeah, it, it took a while, but um, eventually, I still remember that day like it was nothing. I mean, Berto's, you know, Alberto Triana's, uh, we're at Millennium Fandom. Yeah. And he was like, "Come on, man, I'll take you home." And I was like, "I." What do you say? It's like uh, I'm good. I'm just gonna right walk back to downtown. He's like, "No, no, no, no man, you've been drinking. I'll take you home." It's like, "No, it's all right. You don't have to take me home." And I don't know, I had that breakdown moment where finally someone looks you in the eyes and they're like, what's wrong? Yeah. And so thankfully, you know, Alberta was, was very kind and, and opened up the home to me and allowed me to, to sleep on the couch. And it was... I was already gone at that point. Yeah, you were right? gone. Alberto, for those of you, I've mentioned him on the podcast. He's my roommate, uh, best friend from Hawaii, moved up here. He's a director. Um, excellent director. Excellent. Um, a phenomenal filmmaker. Yeah. The whole the whole entirety. I'm going to have him on the podcast soon. I mean, he lives literally one door away. <laughs> like, he's literally like across the hall. And I keep forgetting. to Not forgetting. It's just, you know, you, you take stuff for granted when it's right. there all the time. But I, I need to get him on the podcast to talk. Um, he's, I mean, really, he's fucking busy. So that's, that's a big part of it, too. Uh, I feel like I, I don't want to bother him, but I know that he's more than willing. It's just my own personal hang-up. Uh, yeah, we're roommates. We live together, and this was the time that I've talked about on the podcast where I was in Hawaii taking care of my grandmother, and then I just got a message. I was in Hawaii, and I just got a random message. I was there for like three, four months, and uh, I just got a message. Hey, man, um, so you know Jeremiah, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, what's up? He's like, he's just going to hang on our couch for... <laughs> <laughs> for a few months, he's. It was thankfully it was one month. So I didn't know that you were homeless for that time. I, yeah, I had no man. fucking clue. I yeah, was just I like, oh, everything. I guess he's just gonna. No, I gave up everything. I gave up the apartment. I gave up the car. Um, gave up the car. Yeah, I had an Impala, uh, two thousand and nine Impala. Holy fuck! Yeah, I gave Wait, up the... what? I didn't want. So you didn't make payments or anything? So oh, oh no, I had it on lease. Oh, you owned it. Yeah, yeah. Why did you give it up? Oh, you sold it. Yeah, I sold it. I needed to make that money. I needed to get out there. There was something in me that said I couldn't be here anymore. Yeah. You know, I couldn't be in Las Vegas anymore. Um, I needed to stretch. Yeah. You know, and I needed to grow, and then I needed to come back. Yeah. But I, I needed to really, really, really grow, and I needed to, if I'm being honest, I needed to grow the fuck up. Yeah. You know, and I couldn't do it here. And something in me knew that, and it was like, look, this is the perfect time to go to L.A., Go try to conquer this new city. How old are you at this point? 28, right? Yeah, 28. 30 now. So yeah, 28. 28, okay. Yeah, and I was like, we got to go. We got to go do this. And I said, screw it. I'll be homeless and I will get whatever money I can. And so you took $6,200. Yeah. You went to LA and did you have an agent at this point? No, I had no one. <laughs> okay. I had nothing. So uh, what was the plan? What was the, the what was job. the groundwork that you had? Um, thankfully, before I left, yeah, two two months before I left, which is why I decided to make the voyage in the first place. Yeah, I'd done my first SAG uh, film, which was Sins of the Father, and I got my SAG eligibility through that. Right. And um, so when I got to California, I knew the stunt coordinator, uh, Luke Lafontaine, who was on Sins of the Father, and I was like, man. 
I just want to work. I don't care if it's stunts. I don't care if it's acting. Right now, I I need to be working. I need to be fulfilling this dream. You need here. to be shaking hands. Exactly. Yeah. So he got me onto a little tiny stunt role for Accident Man, which was directed by Jesse B. Johnson. Um, it's on Netflix. Ah, I have a reference finally. There we go. It's on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> Accident Man, which was great, man. It's phenomenal working with uh, Ray Park, who plays Darth Maul um, and Toad. I mean, that was an incredible. And uh, he was also Abe. Yeah. From yeah. Uh, Hellboy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that dude's um, fucking. Wasn't phenomenal. he like Snake? Snake Eyes? Dude? Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, and yeah. he was the he was the eye <laughs> hand monster yeah, yeah. in Pan's Labyrinth. Like, yes. He was he was that guy. If you've never seen Ray Pan's Park's Labyrinth, awesome dude. You don't know what I'm talking about. If you've seen Pan's Labyrinth, that fucking monster yeah. with the eyes in its hands, holy Ray fuck, Park, man, he's incredible. <laughs> he's so good. He's such a great guy too. He's so nice. Yeah. Okay. But um, I ended up working with them, and um, to be honest, it became a. Uh, who you know at that point but yeah. it was it was also a show me you know show right. me that you want this so I went from accident man to you know doing um stunts on um super high which was a web series about these um <laughs> these instagram celebrities who get high and get superpowers based on that love that uh distorm powers is who I was um doubling he's huge you think he just got nominated for like an emmy <laughs> for doing one minute uh distorm powers storm powers is he yeah. a rapper I, I don't i don't he might rap too <clears throat> i don't know there was a rapper named day storm on uh, youtube that might be him he was fucking phenomenal is he hilarious too yeah he was really funny that's the storm probably then yeah <laughs> he just got nominated for Emmy for doing uh, I learned shorts. a lot about freestyle rapping from watching his <laughs> yeah, videos that's probably the storm he's incredible man yeah 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 but uh, I got the double for him and um, that was a wonderful experience Jesse B. Johnson was the stunt coordinator on that mm-hmm. and from that I guess I got called up finally um, I think it was Luke Luke made the call to me and he was like hey Jesse wants you to be in his film since you want to be an actor. You want to be an actor. That's Jesse's. Jesse and Luke are the best. Okay. Jesse's the British. So you. So when you. You went there. Yeah. Knowing one person. Yeah, one. And that was. And you. But you had enough money for six mm-hmm. months. You had enough to. I mean, essentially just go out and work and shake hands. Yeah. And do the shit. Eat less. <laughs> you were SAG eligible at the moment. Yes. Uh, it's half heartedly, yeah. And then what? What? Any any other groundwork that you had laid? At that point, no. That was what I had going out there. Okay. And um, just hard work. Now let me circle back to you said that if you did it again, you'd do things differently. Yeah. What would you do? What's the difference? I'd still go to L.A., but yeah. I think I would work on finding myself first, because I think there's a few really really amazing gigs that. I had the opportunity to book, but I didn't know who I was at the time, you know, and... Uh, Explain to me what you mean by not knowing yourself and these things that you could have booked had you known yourself. You're a different person in the room. Mm-hmm. You're a different person um, when you feel the lines, when you feel the story. You yeah. can't feel a story and feel true empathy if you don't know who you are. You can't. People like to say that they're empaths or this and that. Really, they're just crazy people. 
I'm sorry. I can just see being honest. Aura. You know, but, no, what no, I'm but saying? really, I think there's there are some people exist like that. There but are, then but, there are but, there, there um, are people that are true empaths, but they are only empaths because they understand themselves first. You have to have right an understanding of yourself. Before if you, you lack, to me, self awareness is the number one thing that you fucking need to be successful. And I wasn't for for quite a few auditions. I, I auditioned to play Mike Tyson opposite Anthony Hopkins before they did the uh, the big casting call to the rest of the world that never went anywhere. Yeah. I was one of the final sixteen originally. Wow! You know, but I I I didn't bring it. I didn't bring the story, and, I, and I've watched the audition since, and I'm like, man, you fell flat. Why'd you fall flat? Because you didn't know the character enough, because you didn't know yourself enough. So you would have gone to L.A., and you would have worked on yourself I more. I on myself. There's a lot of things out there that allow you to do that, you know? Yeah. They're, they're, they're very forward-thinking in L.A. You know, a lot of people call it pretentiousness, and there's a lot of pretentiousness in L.A. Right. But... The forward thinking of people is even, it's, it's just, it's incredible. The yoga circles, the, you know, the, the meditation books, people, people want you to find yourself, Yeah. you know, and people are open and they're honest and they, they'll, they'll offer their help for free sometimes, you know, just, just because it's people truly caring about people, you know, it, it's a small circle, but it's, it's bigger than a lot of other circles and it would have allowed me to, to get more in touch with who I am, you know, and, and not always feel like I have to put on the tough guy bravado because that that was a huge part of who I was before I found myself back then yeah it was like I had to have my walls up because I'm a man and I eat steak and yeah yeah yeah. come on man like I've grown so far from that now it's like I can't believe that was me and that guy acting I've seen him act yeah it's not that great (laughs) it's very surface level Right. This guy acting, you know, I, I can tell the difference. I can see where it's gotten deeper. Even if it's roles like in Teenage Mules where I, I, I'm racing after guys, you know, chasing them down, trying to be the tough cop. It's not just a tough cop anymore. Yeah. Why is this guy being tough? What has this guy seen? Because I know what I've seen and I know what's brought me to be hardened into places where I'm hardened at. You know? So what did you do? Did you take classes? Did you do anything out there? Yeah, I had an, uh, a couple of really good acting coaches I'm gonna try not to name names um I had a really good I had a really good run with a couple good acting coaches um, why don't you want to name names mm, not that I'm asking you to do it I'm just wondering if they were really good I'm wondering sometimes you have to find your own truth I know how terrible okay. that sounds but it's it's the truth I came to this all by myself mm-hmm. and I feel like it's an injustice to give you nuggets that you should find on your own. Hmm. And and that and again that may sound rude, it may sound bad, but I think it's fair. In the long run, it helps you. Because if you didn't learn 2 plus 2 and I just told you it was 4, you wouldn't understand why it was 2 plus 2. You wouldn't understand how you got 4. All you would understand is that you started from four, so now you know four plus two. So you liken the entire experience yeah. to the whole thing. Absolutely. Even finding you, good coaches. You start from the beginning because <coughs> I, I can tell you what worked for me. Yeah. But then a lot of people are going to get stuck on what worked for me. And they're going to try to do what worked for me. And they're going to go to these acting coaches and do what worked for me. But it may not work for you. That's the gentle line we cross, right? Because I think true empathy allows you the opportunity to learn from other people's mistakes. And that's what... I think that that... 
that is an incredible power. But then yeah. there's a How point do you of gauge diminishing people's empathy, though. Right. I can't gauge who's listening to this empathy if they're not empathetic and they're just trying to make it and they're like, okay, I'm going to go to these three teachers. Well, what happened? Why didn't they work for me? They worked for Jeremiah Queen. What am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? And that's where you get caught up as an actor in a really bad place, as an artist in a really bad place. What's wrong with me based off of somebody else's opinion? Right. Okay, and that's where I try to, to keep that shut down by just not offering those things. I mean... It's just not fair, in my opinion. If you go and get it for yourself, you, mm-hmm. you appreciate it a lot more, and you understand how you got to it, not how I got to it. That's that's phenomenal. I, I, I don't hear that opinion very often, but you take, you take it very seriously, and you understand the audience of who it would be that you would be suggesting that to, yeah. and you understand that very well. Uh, and it's motivated from a place of understanding and love rather than a place of yeah. fuck you I just don't want you to yeah, know <laughs> I'm certainly not that guy any, of course any not. way I can hold the elevator for you I'll hold the elevator but I can't I can't push the button to tell you where you're going right I mean right, I don't right. know what floor you're headed to so here's the interesting part you went to LA yeah. you did you got SAG you did you set out to do everything that you wanted to do you got an agent you got a manager you're getting auditions you're having opportunities now Cyborg. You're sad, right? I know. I wish. Can we talk about that? I assume so. I'm out of it now. Yeah, I guess. You almost got to be cyborg. Yeah, on the new uh, Titans show, right? Um, it would have it would have translated into into uh, season two of Teen Titans, but it's actually for Doom Patrol. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, am I about to be hit with so many lawsuits right now? (laughs) Anyways. Um, but then they went with a, a teenage. <laughs> yeah, cyborg. they they wanted a, a a teenager. They wanted to go ahead and go that way. He can translate on the Teen Titans and he yeah, kind of say that's fine. I can understand that. I um, get it too. That does suck it though. Sucks because you were like the guy, right? <laughs> yeah, you got I was, picked. I was there. I mean, uh, that's a that's a big part of the whole LA thing too, right? Yeah. You you got to enjoy the rejection though. I mean, yep. the fact that I was ever in the room. Yep, that's huge. That means a lot. The, 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 the decisions get made once you're at that portion not based on your talent you know it's based on a look that they want an age that they want if the director or I'm sorry if the casting director thinks you look like an ex-boyfriend that she doesn't like very much yeah you know, it, it, it's based on so many things so just to be in the room you've won that's the win right there right the rest is extra if you get it my voice acting mentor says treat the audition like it's the job yeah absolutely uh, and it, it kills me when people don't. The moment yeah. I get an audition, I'm on it. Let's yep. do it. I'm on my Rehearsal Pro app, and I am, I'm working. I'm working. Okay, okay, this makes sense. All right, how can we get this? How long do I have? Okay, cool. Let me get the lines down first, so then I'll listen to it 100 times on the uh, the Rehearsal app. And that's something that I got from um, from Anthony Hopkins. Uh, not personally. <laughs> he said in an interview once that he, he likes to read the script 100 times. Uh, that way he has total control and total command over the language you know that's inside of the script so then he doesn't have to worry about conveying a certain emotion beforehand because he's not constantly going back to the text he knows it so well the words are falling out like he's thinking about it like it's the first time that he's done it right you have to you have that's the exactly so that's that's what i do for auditions immediately i listen to it a hundred times because i can't 
reading a hundred times a little much. I got stuff I gotta do. So yeah. I put it in my earbuds and I, I listen to it a hundred times while I'm Oh, that's words. what the app is. Yeah. It the the app allows you speech to, to text. Speak to text as well. Exactly. It allows you to Or text to speech could, other, yeah, yeah. Whichever one it is. Yeah. Uh Artists. Screw you, Silicon Artists. Valley. We don't do that. Anyways, <laughs> um but no, yeah, it allows you to to listen to the script being played back to you as well as notate and things like that as you go along, highlight cool. and stuff. But doing that for an audition, just getting that, that verbiage down, I think that's important. I think a lot of people don't do that. And I hate to see somebody go into the room that's either trying to be off book but really isn't. So they've constantly got Yes. Do this. Oh, that's lame. If they send like, the fucking, if they yeah. send the audition ahead of time, yeah. you should have that shit memorized. Absolutely, uh, that's our job. Yeah, that's really our job. The, the getting the part is a reward. Up to that level, <laughs> at that level, do they send the audition pretty much always ahead of time? Yeah, usually, maybe once or twice. Because what really can they fucking out. glean from your acting if they're sending yeah. it to you? If they get, if you show up and you get it, sometimes they just got to book a roll. <laughs> sometimes they do just got to book a roll. Oh yeah. <laughs> But then that's I, a crapshoot more than anything yeah, else. I've been on two-hour auditions before, and I'm like, oh, there we go. <laughs> but yeah, at the at the big level, at the league that you want to play in, that's... You have to. If you can't memorize ten pages in probably an hour, yeah, you shouldn't be doing this. Not yet. Learn how to memorize those ten pages first. What's your technique on that? I did the hundred... The, listening to it a hundred times, and I just speak it while I'm going through it. Ten pages? You can listen to ten pages a hundred times in an hour? Yes, sir. You're not listening to anything but the verbiage, so it doesn't take as long as reading ten pages in an hour. Because now you're reading blocking, you're reading all that. I'm just listening to the words. Oh, and that's what this app allows you to do is just just strip the the words that you have to say. Exactly. And the words that the other person's saying. And that's all you're listening to. It's just the dialogue, just the dialogue, just the dialogue. Just constantly being repeated over and over and over. over What's the name of this app? The Rehearsal app. A uh, Rehearsal Pro. Rehearsal Pro. It's on um. It's on Apple. Yeah. And then there's one for Android called Speech Rehearsal. Okay. If that's wrong, I don't care. <laughs> if you're still on Android at this point, there's no helping you. Uh, <laughs> Apple sponsor me. Um. Mike Gelato, get off of it. So My real best quick. Friend loves Androids. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I I hate them all. <laughs> I just hate all of the cell phones. Anyways, let's go back to Rotary, right? Yes. Right, folks. A simpler time. Here's here's the golden question. Then, what's the next plan from here? Because now you're back. Now yeah. you've moved back here. What a month ago? Month and a half. About a month. Almost a month. About a month now. Uh, what's the next step? Oh, man. That's a lot in the makings. Um, I am playing Yasuke, um, which was the first ever samurai, um, the first ever African samurai. Yes. Um, which is a pretty big deal. A lot of people are looking forward to that. Um, there's a couple other things that not yet able to talk about that right. it makes. You, though. Your actionable next step. Oh, what my is actionable next step. I got a fight coming up, man. I gotta, I gotta get ready. You're training. For yeah, I'm training. I gotta get ready for a fight um, in March. Thomas and Mac, um, tough enough. So, I'm back. It's time to, it's time to reclaim my throne. Actually, technically, it's getting a new throne because I'm not fighting 155. Too big for all that now. Too old. Right. So I'm gonna fight 185, and uh, it's it's time to, to get back out there and to to be not only the champion but to, 
to do everything the right way this time, you know, because that was the problem before was that I went about things in a very selfish way. Now that I have a purpose for the things that I'm doing, um, it's really looking for outlets. So really, that that doesn't answer your question. The, the real answer is I'm going to do some things for mental health awareness. That's what I'm doing next. Wow. Um, yeah. Anything you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got my own mental health problems, you know. Um, yeah. I can go through the whole slew of things, but we'd be sitting here forever. Um, let's just say I've got a cocktail of mental health problems. I mean, dude, yeah. Which is, I mean, it sucks, but that's that's sort <laughs> it's, of it's, a lot of artists absolutely. is the, the thing that we're tormented by. I'm learning to, to appreciate uh-huh. my mental health disorders, you know. Um, I'm very I'm, interested in how your... It, it, do you have a tip or, or something that you're doing that that if people are listening right now and they're saying I'm I'm sort of in a similar space, I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast are creative in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. and so the creativity often yes a lot of time leads to madness. It's it's oh, ain't that the truth? If you go if you go too far into the rabbit hole without a lantern and you can't find your way back, what are you uh, are you willing to talk about what you're doing or something that you're doing that Daily routines. Um, yeah. Daily routines are the most important thing for anybody with mental health. Um, you have to stay structured. Yeah. If you fall outside of your structure for even a moment, you're loosening that ability. You're loosening that that thread. Um, Hosier said, uh, "Don't ever tame your demons, but always keep them on a leash." You're loosening that leash when you're um, when you're not on your daily routines. My daily routines. I'm up at five thirty a.m. Yeah, I know I'm. I've got to take my supplements at six. You know, gym by seven thirty, unless going with somebody. In which case, it's whatever time that's going to be. Yeah. Um, and I restructure my my daily routine as to that. Meditation is huge, huge in my life. Um, that that's been the main thing that I think has really changed things for me. What type do you do? Ah, oh, man, I do all sorts of different meditations. I do Reiki meditation. Um. A lot of calming meditations. Um, How can a, people get into that? There's an app called <clears throat> Calm. Okay. It is brilliant. Um, there's all different sorts of meditation um, services that are available to you on there. There's an amazing 21-day start to meditation that's on there. It's called 21 Days of Calm. Yeah. It's incredible, man. Um, actually, I think the one that they offer for free is 7 Days of Calm, uh, which is still incredible. And it's a guided meditation that just kind of takes you through what you would do with these certain meditations. There's different ones for self-healing. Yeah. There's ones for um, confidence, for, you know, anxiety, especially anxiety. You know, mm-hmm. there's ones for what they call body scanning. I mean, the the list goes on and on. It's an incredible app. Um, it's probably the number one app that I use for meditation, you know. And if not that, then I use balance and uh Balance is a new app that's just coming out that I'm I've been very fortunate to be a part of the beta testing for, and um, it, it's been incredible. You know, and, and you work your mind a lot. That that's that's what's important. The meditation and, and stretching your brain with things like luminosity is great. Uh, I use luminosity daily. You know, yeah. it, it's a part of. It's just like being in school for me. You know, back in structured one through twelve or pre pre K through twelve, where you give yourself bells, if you will. Yeah. You do this for a certain amount of time. When the bell rings, you go off and you eat lunch. Or the bell rings, you go off and do that. Those are the daily regimens that you have to have in place if you have mental health disorders or else you go into a crisis situations. Nobody likes that. It's not fun. 
Wow. I appreciate the perspective. I appreciate your honesty. Um, okay. What I would like to do now is on my show, I love to play uh, a simple game called Would You Rather. Okay. <laughs> All right. I have people that uh, send in Would You Rather questions. <laughs> And I fucking want to do a few with you. <clears throat> All right. Let's do so, it. So, uh, these are from a uh, friend of the podcast, Thomas Bailey. Thanks for being a true uh, mukulele, mukaki. Or mukaki? Like, right? Mukaki. mukaki? <laughs> Don't even ask, dude. It's a whole story. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, okay, cool. So, let's do this. Uh, okay. Would you rather drink two cups of gravy or eat whatever is in the bag that comes with the turkey, like the gi- like the gizzards and stuff? I'm like the two cups of gravy. I'm two cups of gravy. That's a pretty easy one. Oh, jeez. Gizzards oh. is a whole other thing. I can't do that. That's not my thing. Gravy, as, as tough as it would be to not vomit while yeah. drinking two cups of gravy, it I would be less. pig's feet, dude. Yes. No. It would be tough. Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, you're stuck on the toilet with no toilet paper. Would you rather use a sock or the cheap, rough paper towels? You know, I I have to say the cheap, rough paper towels because I've done that before. Right. So I think we all have. <laughs> yeah. I'm I like, think we've all been in the situation. <laughs> so I feel like it's gotta be it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen how that one plays out. I yeah. don't know what I'm doing with that And sock if you're wearing after. shorts, people are going to be like, hey, where'd your sock <laughs> yeah, go? Exactly. Why are you only wearing one sock? <laughs> now you got to lose them both. I mean, okay, if there were, like, if there were a couple socks in the in the place <laughs> oh, that was just God. like, hey, here's a pair of, here's a new pair of socks, I would totally do the sock, but I wouldn't use my own sock and then go the rest of the day. I don't think I would put my sock on my butthole. I couldn't. It would be tough. It's, it's... If there's a new sock, though, that, that seems like that would be less coarse than some fucking... Brown know. paper towel, recyclable. That's a ter- That's torture either way. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's bad. Okay, uh, would you rather try to hide from a police canine or the girlfriend of the girl you just had sex with? The girlfriend of the girl I just had sex with. I have to hide from her. Yes. Oh man, I'm gonna hide from the girlfriend. Would you, yeah? I can explain that away. Yeah. <laughs> Also, her teeth aren't as sharp. Yeah, she's and ready not to bite. Take an entire bite out of my ass. <clears throat> okay. Uh, let's see. And one more here. I got. Okay. Would you rather breathe in a room with freshly chopped onions for five minutes? Holy crap! Or in a room with someone with onion farts for two minutes? <laughs> Holy crap! That's tough, because it's like, really what the question is, is, would you rather breathe in a onion room for five minutes, or breathe in a fart room for two minutes? Because no one, I'm not going to cry from onion farts. You yeah, know I, mean? I don't know if I can it's just gonna be breathe farts. in five minutes of onions. That would be tough. That would that would be really rough. And onion farts, I would figure, are very dampened down. Yeah, that would ruin my day of, yeah. of onions. <laughs> That would like that has the potential to just completely ruin my day. Yeah. Just being in a room with someone with farts for two minutes, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I gotta do the farting. I that's I mean minutes. that's rough, but yeah. Okay, cool. Uh I thank you so much. Like, most of those have to do with <laughs> farting and anal. A lot of farting. 
Farting and poop. A lot, a lot of farting. <laughs> um, okay. That's our demographic. If you are listening to this right now and would love to send in some Would You Rathers, I fucking love them to death. Send in one, two, as many as you would like to, because uh, I love asking guests and I love answering them by myself uh, when I do the Friday episodes. So, wait. Yes. Would you rather uh-huh. eat a box of rusty nails? Uh-huh. Or, yeah, kiss Caitlyn Jenner. Deep Kiss throat. Caitlyn Jenner. Deep throat. What do you mean deep throat? I mean, oh, like, deep throat Caitlyn Jenner? Your like down Caitlyn Jenner's, Caitlyn Jenner's throat with paparazzi taking pictures. Ooh, that gets rougher. <laughs> and the girl you've always liked. <laughs> Buckle up, buckaroos. <laughs> um, <laughs> the girl you've always cared about is sent into the crowd. <laughs> It is live on television. Yeah, I think you realize that, wait, like... Wait, <laughs> She's in lingerie. Yeah. Caitlyn, not the girl that you like. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's no cock cage. I don't know. I'm trying to think of which is more hazardous to my health at this point. Mm, definitely. You know what? You know what? You kiss Caitlyn Jenner I kiss Caitlyn Jenner still. Yes. I would do. Caitlyn Jenner's rich. Uh, <laughs> probably doesn't have. This is probably not any throat disease. There's nothing. There's no. There's uh, no. I don't know. Rusty nails. I'm gonna be eating them. Like even if I grind them to a fine powder, I'm probably gonna get like fucking throat syphilis True. or some shit. You know what I mean? True. Like that's that's. A, it, would I rather suffer in embarrassment <laughs> for like a say or something like you know that like that's tough. I could close my eyes and just imagine that it's not Caitlyn Jenner. No, you, know? you can't because everyone's watching the videotape and it's going to be online. Well, it's going to be online, but I can imagine in that moment. True. That's what I'd anchor myself to. He moment. brought it back. Right, I brought it back. Um, that That's, yeah. <laughs> Caitlyn's the, the clear winner, I think. Yeah. Caitlyn, if you're listening... Let's uh, let's get together. <laughs> get the, get on the podcast. Get that tongue wrestling going. <laughs> um, so please send in your would you rather's uh, Brent Mukai B R E N T M U K A I across social media. I don't care how you send it, uh, or if you would like to email Brent Mukai V O as in voiceover Brent Mukai V O at gmail dot com. Go ahead. Uh, I am listening. So uh here is something that i would like to end with that i have not ended with anyone else but it felt apropos all right you're familiar with inside the actor's studio of course james lipton takes uh, a list of 10 questions from uh bernard pivot Mm -hmm. who uh figured out that these 10 questions uh, are basically what you need to understand the way a person thinks the way a person is and i would like to uh ask you these 10 questions as if we are on inside the actor's studio. Okay. Are you Set ready? Jeremiah, B. McQueen. Set him up. Let's play. What is your favorite word? Asshole. <laughs> Any reason why? It's just fun to say. It's fun to say. It's not sure. that it's just fun to say. It's just, it's a word that I've heard a lot throughout my life. So I think uh, I've become very <laughs> one with it. You've, okay, so you've accepted it. <laughs> yeah. It's an acceptance of, yes. of who you are. It's a part of your own self Absolutely. So, asshole's a good phrase. For asshole's me. great. What is your least favorite word? Vagina. Your least favorite word is no, vagina. I'm totally joking. I was about to be like, what? 
Oh, my least That's favorite like top word. ten faves for me. Sliver. Sliver. Oh. Yeah. It makes me crawl. Just has a... Yeah. Makes me shiver. Okay. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? All three or just or just one or the other? Uh, however you'd like to answer. Okay. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Or all three if, if you have an answer for that. Creatively is dance. Okay. Oh, I love... I love watching dance. Um, Any style that you like? Um, interpretive. I love watching hip-hop. Hip-hop's cool. You know what I like the most, though? Yeah. I like watching hip-hop dance battles. Oh, those are fun. Those are my favorite. It's They're fun. The amount of bravado yeah. you need on the girl or guy side. True. Like, there's just an amount of fuck you to your movement that you need. That's true. I no, feel like it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun for me to watch. But I love interpretive dance, though. It's, it's, uh, it's just, it hits me right here. Yeah. Spiritually, too? Um, spiritually, what turns me on? The universe. Okay. The unconscious universe. Knowing that next level that's out there that we, we just haven't attained yet. Um, going up on top of a mountain. Yeah. You know. Taking the building bricks away. I think the best way to put it spiritually is like, we're really, if we take away status mm. if we take away technology we're two dudes sitting in the middle of the western hemisphere of a planet under a beautiful sky in all reality all of this is just stuff right so spiritually I guess it's, that's what turns me on is knowing that emotionally it's, it's depressing but it <laughs> no it's, we're small yeah yeah we're very insignificant um emotionally what turns me on Roller coaster rides. Ooh. <laughs> you and I would not get along at a, at a state fair. Uh, okay. What turns you off? Inaccountability. Ooh. That's a good one. What is your favorite curse word? Fucktard. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? The ocean. What sound or noise do you hate? The ocean. Hmm. What profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Navy SEAL. Hmm. If heaven exists, or sorry, what profession would you not like to do? Be an actor, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm no, what I know now. No, no be an actor. Um, I, I'd, I'd still be an artist, but I, I think I would, I'd rather not have to be an actor. Just an actor, you mean? Yeah. Okay. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Yo, shit, Jeremiah McQueen, how you doing, bro? Oh, you're a funny motherfucker. Too bad you can't stay. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, okay, here here is one last thing I would like to ask. If there's anybody listening to this right now, 
that wants to be an actor, that wants to be an artist, that wants to dive into the world that we dive into, uh, they're pursuing it right now, what advice would you give to them? They really want it. If you want it, and you know that you truly do, and you feel it with every ounce in your being, then go get it. Stop playing around. Stop telling yourself you're going to do something tomorrow. Stop telling yourself you're going to go to that acting class. Stop telling yourself that you're going to you know, look up videos on YouTube about this and that and just start doing it. It's We are in the age of now. We are in the age of now. You can Google anything. You know, that's that's one of the beautiful reasons why I don't have to always go to an acting teacher is because I can I can Google it for the most part and I can read whatever I need to. The literature is available to you. The paths are available to you. Stop telling yourself you're going to do it tomorrow. Stop telling yourself you're going to do it later today. Stop. Okay, don't stop watching the podcast. Sorry, Brent. (laughs) (laughs) No, turn off this motherfucking podcast. No, do as soon as as soon as my words are over. No, as soon as as soon as Brent closes out the show, get off your damn ass and go act then and that's anything that's anything go pick up a a, a script and start analyzing it if you want to be a, a a number one on a call sheet or a star as they would say then start doing the things the stars do because if you're not you're getting passed up by the next person that's doing it and i guarantee you i'm gonna be up at 5 30 a.m making sure that i'm going to beat you too so let's have a race where can people find you Smash versus McQueen on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, yeah. Smash IMDb versus McQueen. IMDb is so Jeremiah B. McQueen. S-M-A-S-H-V-S. Yes. And then M-C-Q-U-E-E-N. Perfect. Well, if you would like to see more of Jeremiah B. McQueen, go ahead and check him out. Smash versus McQueen. Yes. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. I am still new at this relatively i would love to know what you like what you dislike how i can make this better and a better experience for you uh thank you so much for listening i have such gratitude for each and every one of you who are taking time out of your busy day to fucking listen to me talk to somebody else because <laughs> uh, who the fuck am i uh so good night you sweet princes and princesses who the fuck are any of us right you, you sweet mukuleles, you mukakis, you Bre- the League of Extraordinary Brentlemen, the Brentlemen's Club, you Brentologists, the Mooketeers. Thank you so much. I appreciate you to death. I will see you on the next episode.